This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.20, you're listening to WGNS on this Monday morning, today the 27th of February. Well, this morning we'll be talking to 12-year-old Levin Wilson and his father, Elijah Wilson, who works at Honda of Murfreesboro. We'll talk to both and also Levin's older brother, Atticus, on the action line this morning. During the summer of 2021, Blackman Elementary student Levin Wilson flew to Colorado to see his mom. They flew out right after school ended. It was just him and his brother, who's currently a Blackman High School student. His dad, Elijah Wilson, was back home in Murfreesboro when he got the call from Levin's mom. And um, she called me about a week, two weeks in, was like, hey, Levin's back's hurting. All right, you know, kid, maybe he pulled something, he's sore. So just keep an eye on it, let me know. And then another call. A week later, she called me back, and it was time my oldest had to come home to go to camp. Well, he flew home that morning, and I told her, I said, well, if his back's still hurting, just go to urgent care. While there, he became sick. Puking next to the toilet. While they were shopping at a local store. A lot of back pain. His back started hurting. Yep. I got a phone call again, and she said, get to Colorado, 11's in the ER. And how were you feeling that morning? Um, I was feeling fine. Levin and his mom were in Target whenever he got so sick. And from Target, he had to be rushed to the hospital. He went down in Target uh, in the aisles, screaming in pain. And how were you feeling that morning? Um, I was feeling fine. Everything went downhill? Very quickly, like that. That's when you first realized something was really wrong, right? Yep. He got taken to Denver Children's Hospital emergency room. They didn't know what it was until about 12 hours in. They seen that he had no kidney function. His body was in full renal failure. Today, Levin is still in Colorado. You got a lot of toys behind you. Mainly Hot Wheels, yes. And awaiting an organ transplant. What are your favorite toys? Um, actually, Transformers. How many do you have? Quite a lot. Red Alert and like Raptor and Megatron and Optimus. You know, they're talking about transplant. They're like, we know something's wrong. We don't know what it is. So we had to do um, genetics testing. So all three of us had to put in, figure out what it was. Almost a month later is when we found out it was chronic kidney disease. His kidneys were completely scarred out, but it wouldn't allow him to do dialysis. As of right now, he is stage four kidney failure, but he also goes to the doctor three times a week. Levin's parents are working with the Children's Organ Transplant Association, known as CODA. We just got the okay to start looking for donor matches. They've got what he's compatible with. And uh, they gave us the link uh, last week to start being able to submit and get people to look for it. What have the doctors, the medical staff, what have they told you as far as you can expect to wait this long before we find the right match? Or or have they even told you any timelines? Uh, No, they're predicting for this summer because it is a matter of urgency. They have to get one in him soon. Can any family members donate their kidney? Or is there anyone who is related who, who would be a match? The match criteria um, is kind of hard because he is O positive. So only O positive people can take from O positive people. But along with that, there's a lot of other markers that the doctor went over with us that you have to match. Um, one thing and it starts excluding people is age, how you've lived your life, you know, what kind of medicines you're on, what have you been through. 
and of course the the cap is 40 they don't want anything older than 40 just because you're you're putting it into a 12 year old kid you don't want a kid that's lived majority of its life already lifespan you're looking at is roughly 20 years when you receive a kidney transplant that kidney is typically good for 20 years he'll need at least three kidney transplants throughout his lifetime atticus you're levin's older brother with him being so far away right now, what's that like? Because he probably looks up to you, and he probably asks you a lot of questions. He's always talking about something. I don't really care what it is, just as long as he's like getting his mind off what's happening right now. He likes to talk from variety of things, from dinosaurs to some movie he saw. Do you communicate through FaceTime, or what do y'all do? Sometimes he like texts me, sending me a funny image he saw. Levin's brother, Atticus, who's a freshman at Blackman High School, said he misses his little brother. We call for like an hour or so, talking about Legos or whatever he wants to talk about. What is it like being an older brother, watching your younger sibling struggle through this? It's hard sometimes. I try to, we all try to distract him so he isn't thinking so much about it and stressing himself out. Does he tend to do that? He's done it before on a variety of things, but we always tough through it and I managed to like manage to chill him out and all that. Do you miss your brother? Yes. Even though how hairy he is. <laughs> how often do you get to see your brother? Um when I'm there. Came home for Christmas? Yes. Did you have fun? And hopefully he can come over for spring break. Your brother said definitely. Twelve year old Levin qualified to ask for a wish from the Make a Wish Foundation. Yes. So we ask Levin, whenever he meets with Make a Wish, what his wish actually is. Um, to go to Universal. So Universal Studios? To Universal Theme Park. Your dad said they got big Transformers there? Yep. So tell me a little bit about them, because I, I have not seen what types of things they have at Universal. I'm not sure what else they have at Universal, but know that they have Transformers. People dress as Transformers walking all over the theme park? Uh, they're just in front of a crowd of people and you get to take pictures. I'm not sure if any of them walk around. Yeah, I'm sure they do. The park. Which ones did you see that are at Universal? Megatron, and I'm not sure who else you could. Bumblebee. Of course, Bumblebee. Is that in Florida or California? The one that I want to go to is Florida, but I'm not sure what's in California. And you get to take your brother with you too? Hopefully. I'm sure you do. He's hoping that uh, our rental car can be a Lamborghini Urus. That's his <laughs> most favorite car in the world that he wants one day. That would be cool, but... But if they could take you to Universal Studios in a Lamborghini Urus SUV, that'd be awesome. That would be, yes. <laughs> As for now, Levin will remain in Colorado, which is where that kidney transplant will eventually take place. So a lot of his days are spent driving to and from the hospital. Um, it's just the children's hospital, and I just got blood taken from it yesterday. What are some of those bad days like for somebody who's never been through this before? Quite some throw-uping, but you try not to throw up because you need those fluids in you instead of out. And, um, feeling like you're burning down faster than the forest. I know you're doing school, virtual school, in Rutherford County, right? Yes. Is that going pretty good? Sometimes. Do you miss seeing your friends at school here in Murfreesboro? Yes. If any of them are able to hear this, what, what would you tell them? I'm in Colorado. So don't worry, I'm in Colorado. 
Yeah, that that you miss them and yes. and that you think of them. Does your best friend live here in Murfreesboro? Yes. He goes to Rutherford County Virtual School. They're all aware of it. They work with us. They understand because we had thought about even pulling them out of school because it's beyond stressful. You know, as hard as it is on us, you know, him trying to comprehend what's going on is. We try to get him to talk, but also in the same instance, we try to keep him so busy that he's awake doing something, then goes to sleep. We ask Levin a little bit more about where he's staying in Colorado and about the snow. A little bit snowy. The snow's starting to melt away. Have they had a lot of snow there? Yes. Have you been able to go outside in it? Um, sometimes yes. On a good day where you're feeling good, what types of activities are you able to do? Um, swimming and then I go to PT. But I mainly, um, uh, swim, um, at least every Tuesday and Thursday. It's kind of cold to be swimming in Colorado. It's just a pool. It's like an indoor pool? Yes, it is an indoor pool because it's kind of cold outside. Yeah. You want to be in like a cold a lake or something while it's cold. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine being in a lake in Colorado right now would be any fun. Except if you're eating ice cream, then it's still good because it's not that cold. What would you tell a parent if they just learned that their son has kidney problems? What would you tell that parent? Get care for him if they the kid does not already have care yet. If you met somebody else who is close to your age and they just found out that they're having kidney problems too, what, what would you tell them? It's going to suck real bad. What are some of the things that you think about doing in the future? Mm, I am not sure, except for growing older. We asked Levin's dad, Elijah Wilson, who's here in Murfreesboro, when he first started noticing something wasn't quite right with his son. How old is he now, and how old was he when he first started developing some of the problems? He was 11, and uh, as of January 21st, he just turned 12. This all happened fairly recently. Yeah, June 21st is when I got the phone call that he was being rushed to the ER. He's with his mom right now. She's retired Air Force, so she doesn't work. So she's able to take him back and forth to the hospital. She can wake him up three times a night to take his meds, go to the bathroom, and get him back to sleep, help him with his uh, day-to-day homework schoolwork online. Up until all this happened, was he perfectly normal for the most part, other than you were saying you noticed he had to use the bathroom a lot, his back was hurting, but other than that, was he functioning fairly normal? I mean, was there anything to suspect? Uh, no, not really. Uh, you know, the, the points we brought up with the doctors was um, we've always lived close to schools. I'd pick him up from school and um, him going to Blackman Elementary right here. Probably it's less than a mile away, and he'd be asleep time we got home. A lot of it, the doctors wrote off, and I wrote it off, too. You know, all right, he played hard. You know, it was a long day at school. He was with his buddies all day. But, you know, he'd get home, do his homework, go play with his friends. Never having a problem put this kid to bed. You know, he would always sleep. But doctors always reassured us, hey, it's fine, it's normal, everything's good. This is probably going back to when he was, what, third, fourth, fifth grade? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, all the way down to uh, when I was taking him to preschool. We lived maybe a mile and a half away from the preschool, and he would never make it to the house awake. Once again, we wrote it off. Because I know they go out and they play a lot. You know, there's all kinds of kids there. And, you know, I listen to doctors, okay. But I always brought it up to the doctors. I had him tested for diabetes every year. Because a lot of the signs you see was the intake of water, the amount of going to the bathroom. 
And um, it's the first thing I thought of. I was like, I'm going to get you checked. And every doctor's like, no, he's fine. You know, there's no diabetes. There's no markers for it. And the way the nephrologist in Colorado stated was, it's almost like um, it's a broken valve that's left open. Everything he intakes just runs right through him. He's constantly dehydrated. His body's not getting flushed. And that's where his toxin levels stay high. You know, now we're making sure we put in the things into him as far as food goes, where we're cutting out the potassium. They want him to keep sodium because they want him to retain fluid as well, since everything is just running through him. I guess in a way, it would have been a lot nicer to know earlier, so we wouldn't have been feeding him uh, the normal things that kids would eat. To find out, you know, potassium's in almost everything you have, from green vegetables to fruits, you name it. Potassium is packed in everything, and that's been the hardest thing. And it's crazy to see a 12-year-old when you tell him, yeah, you go get a drink. He goes to the uh, cooler, and he'll look every single one. He'll turn around. Oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. To learn how you can help Levin, simply visit coda.org forward slash campaigns. CODA stands for the Children's Organ Transplant Association. Once you're on the site of coda.org forward slash campaigns, you'll have a chance to type in the zip code of 37128, which is the Blackman area where Levin's from. Again, coda.org forward slash campaigns, and then type in the zip code 37128. It'll pull up Levin. Their current goal of $50,000 has already been reached, but the good news is more can still be given and more is still needed. Evidently, when you receive a kidney transplant, that kidney is typically good for 20 years. So for somebody as young as Levin, he'll need at least three kidney transplants throughout his lifetime. And the money raised by CODA goes into a special fund to be used only by Levin in the future for those future transplants. And now he's currently waiting for that first kidney transplant. That first kidney, again, should last him about 20 years. Then he'll need another kidney transplant, and then 20 years later, a third kidney transplant. Once more, all the money raised through this campaign will stay in Levin's account under CODA for CODA to manage and pay the hospital bills. Again, that's coda.org forward slash campaigns, and then in the zip code, type in 37128, and there you'll see a picture of Levin. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. We have a larger selection than any of the other big box stores. Much better prices. Uh, selection is wonderful from keyboards, drums, guitars, ukuleles are big this year. We also have lighting. This is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. Come down and look around. We have what you need. The Music World and Drummer's Den is located at 2762 South Church Street, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, MTE Sharing Change has now donated more than $11 million to local nonprofits, assisting worthy causes in our community. MTE, serving to make life better since 1936. The Commissioner Corner. 
with Commissioner Craig Harris. And now, Commissioner Harris shares his views on life, the struggles some of us face, and more. Without further ado, here's Commissioner Craig Harris. As a 56-year-old male, I have always strived to be strong and assertive. I would classify myself as aggressive leaning. Some of my personality traits include assertiveness in interactions with others, comfort in my ability to speak up, confident in my viewpoints, passionate, and outspoken. In some instances, my outspokenness might come across as pushy or harsh. I am in direct opposition to being a passive man. First of all, let me state that most men are not completely aggressive nor completely passive, but rather somewhere in between. As I confessed, I have an aggressive personality. In today's world of the woke left, weak millennial men, and feminists, I am considered toxically masculine. Toxic masculinity is a term that has been gaining traction over the past few years. The term refers to a dominant form of masculinity in which men use dominance, violence, and control to assert their power and superiority. Until around 2015, the phrase toxic masculinity was hardly mentioned. However, with the rise of Donald Trump's candidacy and the advancement of the Me Too movement, progressives brought the term to everyday use. The term is almost never defined, but is rather used to simply signal disapproval. The term refers to any male behavior that the user disapproves of. It has been blamed for, among other things, mass shootings, gang violence, rape, climate change, violating COVID mask mandates, and the election of Donald Trump as president. The term poisons the very idea of masculinity. Most people identify strongly as either masculine or feminine. I feel it is a bad idea to send cultural signals to half the population that there's something intrinsically wrong with them based on their gender. Broadly, progressive ideology focuses on individualism. It's all too easy to blame individuals for structural challenges. The individual group progressives like to blame most often is men. To them, masculinity is the problem. However, for conservatives, masculinity is the solution. Our politics are now so poisoned it has become almost impossible for people on the left to discuss the problems men face. What is required is a simple change of mindset. Once that's recognized, gender inequalities occur in both directions. Labeling masculinity as toxic may be undermining the support of feminism. In a 2018 poll by YouGov, Almost half of the women stated feminists are too extreme, while one in four described feminists as anti-men. This information should make progressives take pause and rethink their rush to condemn what they consider the dark side of masculinity. These progressives are in danger of taking on the exact traits they condemn. To the man who feels restless, the feminist message is there is something wrong with you because masculinity is wrong. I feel the term toxic masculinity is crap. The trait that the left sees as toxic, such as aggression, overconfidence, hiding vulnerability, and valuing competition over cooperation, are actually tools to be used, rather than traits to be threatened by. Without these traits, you are left with weak, docile, and agreeable men who struggle being around or competing with others in the real world, and most men know this. My opinion is that people who complain and label men as toxic are either weak men themselves or women who think it works against their interest. In either case, they do not understand what masculinity actually is. Toxic masculinity is just a buzzword to create division and to push forward an agenda. 
It is possible to be masculine and still be a good man, to express emotion, to cry, and to be vulnerable. Masculinity is not the issue. The culture putting masculinity down is the problem. Masculinity in a traditional sense means to be moral, to stand up for oneself and others, and to protect those who need it. I personally feel women want a strong man that will provide, protect, respect, love, and be a solid rock. I am not ashamed of my masculinity, and I am confident it is not toxic. It is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. This is Craig Harris, and this is the Commissioner Corner. For the Commissioner Corner, that was County Commissioner Craig Harris. The views of Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris are just that, his views. They're not necessarily the views of this radio station, website, or our advertisers. Feel free to send your thoughts and ideas to Commissioner Harris by emailing him at ccotinc at comcast.net. That's ccotinc at comcast.net. Hear his ideas and opinions every Monday morning, right here on the station. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin, that's my new Don't use if allergic to Skyrizi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic and psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. A wind advisory is in effect today. A few scattered rain showers early this afternoon with decreasing cloud cover high in the mid-70s. Then tonight, mostly clear low 46. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Morning, still pretty active out here on the scene of a couple of accidents. Just give yourself extra time coming out of Rutherford County on 24th through the Hickory Hollow area. A little bit of radar earlier down certain parts of I-40 in Wilson County this morning. Earlier, I mean like 4 o'clock this morning, they're out in Smith County as well running quite a bit of radar. Nash Painty, they service all of Middle Tennessee. If you want it done right, you'll call these guys this spring to make your house look great. NashPainty.com. Check them out online. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We're at Adams Place talking with John Hood. What advice do you have for someone considering a move? Well, I would encourage him to check out Adams Place. Come and personally see the facilities, talk to the personnel, and get a true feel of Adams Place. I'm Terry Deal, Rutherford County's premier retirement community with all five levels of care 
Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. CBS News Brief powers out to 14,000 customers in Norman, Oklahoma, after a severe storm spawned a record-breaking tornado outbreak. CBS's Omar Villafranca is there. The dangerous system also slammed Kansas. At least two tornadoes were confirmed in the state. And it brought golf ball-sized hail to Texas and spun up dust storms in the panhandle, turning the sky yellow. Pandemic-era food benefits expire this week for about 30 million Americans. Ellen Bollinger with the Food Research and Action Center. Congress made a decision in December to end those boosts prematurely. It'll mean about $90 less a month for SNAP recipients. The death toll up to 62 after a migrant boat came apart off southern Italy. CBS's Vicki Barker. Rescuers confirm three more bodies were pulled out of the icy waters this morning. Dozens of migrants remain missing. The boat had set out from Turkey. CBS News Brief. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We're at the brand new, soon-to-open indoor soccer arena here in Murfreesboro, and we're talking to Murfreesboro Parks and Rec Director Nate Williams. When is it actually going to open? Yeah, we're excited, Scott. We still have some things we've got to do around here to get it ready for the public to use. And walking around, it's a cool turf that feels a little different. It feels just a little bit different, but it, it surprised you. If you were to go walk on one of our natural turf fields, it would be you know, very similar. We use that type of Bermuda grass. This is what this turf is designed to do, is mimic that, the way you can run on it, turn, so when players are out here for various sports, they can wear the same cleats that they wear on regular grass. Now in the summertime, whenever it gets to be 100 degrees outside, you've got fans in here, and you also have ventilation on either side, so how warm will it be inside of here when it's 100 outside? It'd be over 20 degrees cooler inside, and you get uh, approximately the same thing in the winter. That's what we get the benefit of and the playability, and it just speaks to the whole project. We've transitioned eight of our fields into synthetic turf, then we've created this. So what we've done is increased capacity, and that's something that has been critical for us to bring in these large tournaments and then serve the community here in Murfreesboro as well. You know, each one of these tournaments that we have that comes in is a huge economic impact for our community. They stay at hotels and shop at our stores and eat at our restaurants. Uh, Something like this is very unique and we're lucky as a community to have a council that bought into the vision of what this could look like and really sets Murfreesboro apart yet again and the types of facilities that we're able to offer to the community. So walk us over to where you would turn on the fans during the summertime and, and tell us a little bit more about that system and how it works. Yeah, so it's an exhaust fan system in combination uh, with six industrial fans that push air either up or down from about 75 feet in the air. We turned them on just a little bit ago. You could feel the amount of air it pushes and that capacity, like we said, just to increase playability in the summer in July and August and September just increases what we can do and the types of 
programs and events that we can offer. In the summertime, when it starts to get really hot outside, do you turn these fans on? We would turn them on when the field's being used, um, when there's you know athletes in here or any type of activity. The other thing that we get with this facility, it's, it doesn't have to be just soccer. We can do different types of events and activities, different kinds of sports, and it really just creates just a very versatile building that we can use for various types of events. There's a lot of switches there. Yeah, you ready? So we're gonna turn all of these on. For those listening, what we're looking at is this great big panel, and on the panel there's multiple switches, and each switch goes to a different fan. Nate's turning each fan on one by one. So this is our exhaust system that gets the hot air that rises and it pushes it out so the cool air can stay uh, by turning on these six fans that have a width of about 24 feet total. And that's how we keep it nice and cool. On a day like this, we don't need it to be really cool because it's just sucking in all that really cold air. While it sounds like it's loud, I'm sure when this place is filled with people, it's just going to be white noise in the background. You probably won't even notice it. Yeah, you'll be able to communicate players on the field or if we're having an event, you'll be able to have a normal conversation like you would outside. How efficient is this? There's no HVAC system, like a typical HVAC system. So uh, it's a little bit less than what a typical building, 110,000 square feet. It's significantly less to cool it down the way we're doing than any type of regular system with the fans and just pushing air through. And all the lighting is LED lighting. It's a better playing light and it helps the, the participants on the field. And it also helps on energy savings as well. And you were talking about how inexpensive this building is. You know, you've got new homes that are being built for $200 a square foot, but this is nowhere close to that price. It's not. This is a steel structure with what they call a fabric over top. And you look at it and it looks like tart, but it's not. It's something that you couldn't rip it with your hands if you wanted to. It can hold the weight of a car on the roof if we wanted to. It's really an amazing product. And then the garage door, I guess you could literally drive a fire truck in here. Absolutely, you can drive just about anything in here. Yeah, it's a big door. We'll uh, use that to bring goals in and out and change things out. We could bring in a stage if we needed to and that type of stuff. Once it's open, how does a soccer team go about using this facility if they want to? We've got rental rates and Scott, it doesn't have to be just a soccer team. It could be for somebody wanting to do different types of training. Primarily, uh, it will be soccer. It's designed to be a soccer facility. I'm sure we'll book that up, but we're thinking long term. We'll be doing programs in here. We'll be doing some wellness stuff. What we're doing right now at this moment is we're talking with our partner, which is the Tennessee State Soccer Association, and talking about how they might be able to use it. You know, Our whole goal with this project is really to make Murfreesboro a destination for soccer development. They're helping us make that come to fruition. If somebody wants to rent it in the future, once we can kind of get that schedule rolled out, they can just call our athletics office at 907-2251 and we can walk them through that process. Is this the first one of its kind here in Tennessee? Yeah, this is really a one-of-a-kind facility, especially in the southeast right now of the United States. So there's some smaller facilities, but this is by and far the biggest one anywhere close to the middle Tennessee area. And it's really quiet inside. I mean, you don't hear a lot of cars passing because Highway 231 is maybe 100 yards from here yeah. and it's quiet in here. It is quiet. That's what makes this building so versatile. This is a great place for teaching and coaching and then also to be able to do music events, to do anything. Today's a great contrast. You know, we were standing outside for about five minutes before and it's pretty uncomfortable to stand out there. But, you know, we've been in here for half an hour and uh, I would say it's very comfortable. And that was really the intention of this building 
is just to make it where we can keep this facility open, even with any type of weather, heat, cold, anything. On the netting that goes all the way around the field itself, how is that held together? Because it looks like there's weights at the bottom. It's a, it's a great product. It's knitted all together all the way around with emergency accesses. And it's also uh, in combination with our padding on the, our beams. It's designed to keep anybody running in here safe from running straight into the building. It also protects the building from the thousands of soccer balls that'll be kicked towards the goals. They don't all go in, so it'll protect our investment here. We've been talking with Murfreesboro Parks and Rec Director Nate Williams, and that new indoor soccer facility, again, is 110,000 square feet in size. It'll open in early spring, which means sometime around Monday, March 20th. And at that time, it'll be open for soccer players practicing, indoor events, and perhaps a few soccer games as well. Again, plans are currently on go to open that new soccer arena in early spring. The massive new structure is about 75 to 80 feet tall, and the new soccer facility is extremely unique to Tennessee. Local organizations and groups will be able to rent the facility in the future, just like other facilities overseen by Murfreesboro Parks and Rec. Again, we've been talking with Parks and Rec Director Nate Williams and taking a tour of the new indoor soccer facility, which is located off of Highway 231 at Cherry Lane. That's across from the VA golf course. If you drive by today, you'll easily see the soccer arena from 231 because it's about a thousand feet or so off the roadway. For WGNS on this Monday morning, February the 27th, I'm Scott Walker reporting. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. A wind advisory is in effect today. A few scattered rain showers early this afternoon with decreasing cloud cover high in the mid-70s. Then tonight, mostly clear low 46. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Does being a caregiver for your loved one wear you out? Then Arosa Care is here to help. Arosa has an experienced team of caregivers and licensed care managers who help families make educated decisions regarding the aging process. This is Erin Keo Rankin. Let me help you. Call us at 615-848-6774 or find us at arosacare.com. Right now, that time, 8.54, you're listening to WGNS again on this Monday morning, today, the 27th of February. Well, we have more news on that Smyrna High School senior who was hit by a car while visiting St. Louis for a volleyball tournament. She continues to recover from the injuries she sustained on February the 18th. The injuries that Janie Edmondson received were so severe that doctors had to amputate her legs. Now, prior to Edmondson being hit by a vehicle, she was given the verbal green light for an athletic scholarship from UT Southern. On Friday, WGNS spoke to Director of Athletics for UT Southern, Brandy Paul, who confirmed that Edmondson will, in fact, still receive that scholarship. The director said, and I quote, We are honoring that scholarship. She'll be a part of the volleyball team, although we don't know what that will look like. At this point, we are still honoring that scholarship. So again, she will still receive that scholarship at UT Southern. In other news stories of the day, the Rutherford County Library System has been giving away to senior citizens in recent days computer tablets. 
thanks to a very generous grant from the West End Trust, we have been given money to buy tablets for senior citizens that are in danger of being isolated, both digitally and physically. And we have started distributing them around the county. Now, the tablets are connected to the Internet, and they have service through T-Mobile for a full year. At least 60 tablets have already been given away. Mike Gleaves with the library system stated, The tablets are kind of designed to just be pick them up and use them without a lot of experience. And then get into things like being able to communicate with your friends, shopping, banking, you know, be able to watch something on Netflix. A lot of us take that for granted now, but a lot of our older residents, you know, sometimes they don't have a chance to do that stuff. Now, if you are or know of a Rutherford County resident 65 or older and currently does not have a device to get online with, you or they may be eligible to receive a free tablet through the library. To learn more, contact Trey Gwynn at the Rutherford County Library System, 629-238-7629. That's 629-238-7629. Time right now, 857. You're listening to WGNS. House Bill 0009 has been in the headlines in recent weeks, both locally and across the country. The bill deals with minors having surgery to change their sex. State Representative Tim Rudd stated, Bill 1 is uh, to deal with uh, no surgery when we found out Vanderbilt was uh, doing treatment for minors. It would outlaw uh, surgery to change a child's sex until they're 18, then they can decide on their own what they want to do. If you cut body parts off a child, it's irreversible, and it's really, uh, in my personal opinion, it's child abuse. You may recall a Teens Against Gender Mutilation rally was recently held on the Murfreesboro Civic Plaza late last month, which brought awareness of the issue to some Rutherford County residents for the very first time. Another hot-button topic deals with adults who identify as a sex that is opposite to what they were born having sex change operations. Representative Rudd said he doesn't want taxpayers to fund that kind of surgery, and the representative said that he's sponsoring a bill that focuses on adults, in addition to children, insured under 10 care, seeking to change their sex. I'm carrying uh, Speaker Sexton's bill that states that for children and adults, especially targeted adults on 10 care, there's three MCOs, insurance companies that handle 10 care, that you cannot use Tennessee tax dollars for transgender surgery and treatment other than through counseling. Again, you can read that story and others on our website, all at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 858. Once more, a look at that weather forecast. It's currently about 64 degrees outside in Rutherford County, and there is a wind advisory in effect. And it started at 6 a.m., and that wind advisory is in effect up until 6 p.m. tonight. There is a southwest wind blowing in at 20 to 30 miles per hour, with wind gusts throughout the day up to 45 miles per hour expected. Again, throughout the day, we could see wind gusts up to 45 miles per hour. Those gusty winds could, of course, blow around unsecured objects, tree limbs, and even blow down a few power lines as well, depending on if they are straight line winds or not. So just keep that in mind throughout the day. A wind advisory in effect up until 6 p.m. this evening. Otherwise, the temperature out there will be warm. It's going to be a high of 75 degrees today. And that chance of rain continuing throughout the day is at 65%.
Tonight, the low down to 46. Again, you're listening to WGNS. More news and information, including CBS News, next. <laughs> 